recording now. All right, everybody, we're here with the hilarious uh, and good friend of the show, uh, Nigel Fullerton. He has his own show, too, a podcast called The Murphy Monday or Monday Murphy's. Um, it's Murphy Monday, right? Murphy, Murphy Monday. Murphy Mur Monday podcast. His Murphy Monday podcast. I, I was honored to be on that show, by the way. It was awesome. Got to talk about Eddie Murphy, um, one of the great Long Island comedians and just a great comedian and legend on his own merits. Uh, so it's just cool. I'll be able to talk Eddie Murphy with you, man. That was fun. Yeah, man. But now we are here to talk Halloween. And uh, <laughs> we have Halloween coming up this week. Oh my God. Um, Halloween, I believe, is on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Now, um, so I'm just going to ask you. I just recently watched the Halloween movie. Oh, really? The original. I've, I've never seen it. I, I've never been into scary movies. So, like. I, I recently watched it and I don't see the hype, but <laughs> the original I, Jamie Lee Curtis when she was young, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, I watched it. I it, it was OK. It was terrifying when I was a kid and I saw that movie. It was one of the first um, slasher films. It was before I believe it was before Friday the 13th. It was before yeah, it was. Freddy Krueger. It, it might not be before the original uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but. It was around that same time period, and yeah, seventy um, six was the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, so this that might be first, and then Halloween was more mainstream, right? And it was terrifying because it it was before those kind of slasher films became cliche, and a lot of those scenes, like you know, the girl showering and all of a sudden, eh, you know, like those type like of. Michael? Yeah, yeah, Psycho <laughs> was first, yeah, right. but but it's before like those kind of. Um, you know, it, all those kind of murders, those slasher films became cliched and, and um, parodied. So it, it's got to be different watching it now. 2020 versus 1978 yeah. or whatever that movie came out. I mean, I try to watch it in the same sense of like, well, because I've watched similar movies. So like I've seen The Evil Dead. I've seen uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I've seen like, you know, um, Jason movies. So like. I understand it. I just the hype. And that's right. what I always get to. Like, I'm like, OK, great. Like, I'll see a movie that everyone's hyped up. Oh, Saturday Night Fever is the greatest movie ever. And I go watch this movie and I'm like, it's it's OK. <laughs> like, who yeah, movie. It is hard to even if you try to put your head in that time period, like when you watch the movie, you go, OK, if I was if it was 1970s, how would I take this movie in? But you, it's still you still can't fully do that because you, you know, you're not, you're in 2020, you've seen a million right. of these right. um, or seen the parodies. And so it, it is hard, but, it, but it's not and, that hard because like, if you watch a movie, let's say you're a kid and you watch the movie, the Goonies, right? Yeah. You didn't have to be there to, to get the Goonies. You just like the Goonies. The Goonies it, holds up. The Goonies stands the, Goonies the test of time. Up. Yeah. Everything doesn't really hold up the way it should. Right. Yeah. And, and we praise things that are mediocre. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I love, I love the, like, one of my favorite movies is Class Act. Uh, not Class Act, I'm sorry. House Party. One of my favorite movies is House Party. I love House Party and I, and I love Class Act. Those movies, House Party lives up to its name. It's still, like, relevant. Class Act, not so much. <laughs> Class Act is a product of its time. I always say some movies should stay in my memory. I don't want to rewatch them because they were great. Like 
some movies are great in your mind. Like, oh, man, this movie was so good. Like Commando. (laughs) And then I watch it again. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando. And then I watch it now. And it's so horrible. It's so bad. I, I can't get through half of it. So it's just a, it's just weird. Uh, so sometimes I'd rather keep them in my memory. Uh, so movies like Halloween. Yeah, I haven't watched that Jamie Lee Curtis Halloween, the original, probably in like 30 years, but it's great in my memory. It's OK. I mean, when you compare it to A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Or even I would say uh, uh, Friday the 13th, probably the third one, because that's when Jason actually came out, I think, right. you know. Yeah, the Friday Thirteenth, the first one he came, didn't he show up at the end at the in the bottom of the lake? At the end, yeah, it was yeah, yeah, the whole time. Right, right, yeah, right, right. But yeah, I mean, um, th- those are, oh man, the first Friday Thirteenth was horrifying and terrifying for me too, and and even the first Friday um, Nightmare on Elm Street before they got campy, like mm-hmm. uh, like deliberately campy and just yeah, goofy, yeah, yeah. Um, was was scary. That was you know Johnny Depp, young Johnny Depp in there, right? Um, but yeah, th- those. Horror movies are uh, guilty pleasures now, you know, and uh, I just can't believe it took you because you're a movie guy. You're a movie buff. I'm a movie buff, but horror is not my genre. So like like when like I was scared of everything as a kid. So like if you're bringing like movies like, you know, the first child's play, I had a my buddy doll. So like it didn't really (laughs) like I wasn't really trying to watch that in real time. You know what I mean? Like. The My like Buddy I, Doll, yeah. I threw it away. I, <laughs> when the movie Chucky came out, I threw my My Buddy Doll away because, like, listen, I, it might have been a killer. I don't know. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Oh, the My Buddy, and you, you know, you, you never know. It could have, it could have been a killer. Could have woke up in the middle of the night and just walked around the house. Who knows? I just knew anything that was around my size and that could actually like look like like. I threw that away. Oh, I can't even remember the toy, but there was this one toy that turned into like something else. Like it was a cute toy and then it turned like it was kind of like a gremlin, but not really. And <laughs> I, I threw it out. I'm going to show you the picture afterwards, but like yeah, I definitely saved it. Toy. But it was a toy. It came out like in, in 86 or something like that. And like I, I was scared and I threw it out. <laughs> well, oh, that's great, man. That's, that's great. Uh, young Nigel. Um, I was scared of, of everything. Toys. Yeah, I was. I was scared. Like you couldn't. Like I couldn't walk into Sunrise Mall. <laughs> I couldn't walk through Adventureland without like closing my. Like I was scared of everything. Wow. You know. So when I got older, I was like, all right, let me try these movies that I used to be afraid of, like The Nightmare on Elm Streets and you know, uh, The Shining, and you know, just yeah, yeah. going through this stuff. It, I, I revisit everything because I remember it fresh in my memory. So when I get to a movie like Halloween, where there's like several, like I've seen Halloween H2O before I watched the original Halloween. Right, right, yeah. Uh, and that's only because LL Cool J was in it. <laughs> there you go. And I, Very cool. I regret my decision. <laughs> um, I'm not a big horror movie guy either, man. Right. Uh, I don't like them. Uh, I don't like jump scares. I don't like things, you know, you always know it's coming too when they have that real close up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, something's going to come out. Yeah. So I'm not a big horror movie, and I don't like the psychological horrors either, like uh, Exorcist or uh, any of those. Exorcist. Dude, if you're That's afraid, for me. Exorcist will will mess you up, dude. It's <laughs> scary movies scare you more than the newer ones, like dude, like that one with Damon or Damien, whatever his name is. Yeah, uh, Damien, what, the, the Omen. Yeah, the Omen. That one. Oh my God, they, they both came out around the same time. 
Exorcist and the Omen when I was a kid. Okay. And they, dude, those are the to me the scariest. Yeah, movies. they look scary, and I'm like, I, uh, I'll pass. That doesn't entertain me. Like, I don't want to be scared to be entertained. Like, <laughs> you know, I'd rather watch something else. Is there any horror movies that you watch that you say um, this is a good film overall? The Shining. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. a great one. Great Shining example. is probably the the best horror movie. Just the just the thought alone of like, I wish there were more people for him to kill in there. <laughs> Besides his I, own family. Yeah, because like I find that like I find like you give them nothing to do when you don't have anybody else for him to kill. Right. Yeah. Kind of like those Annabelle movies. Like I watched the Annabelle movie for the first time. I think last year or this year. And those like, are creepy. She but she never killed anybody. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. How am I supposed to be scared if no one ever dies? <laughs> Well, Exorcist, I don't think she killed anybody. I, yeah, I have uh, a problem with that. That movie's scariest. Dude, uh, that movie is the scariest freaking movie I've ever seen in my life. I've only seen it once. When I might I was, do that. I might when do I was, that. Yeah, you should. I, I'm going to, I'll suggest you watch it, but with a warning, you know, that this will mess you up. But yeah, I believe it will. Like, I heard, like, there's <laughs> a lot of, like, controversy behind it. Dude, it will mess you up. And, and I'm talking from experience because Exorcist, I seen it one time. My cousin, who was a little older than me, kind of forced me to watch it. I was about 12 years old mm. and I watched this movie and it was on VHS where he was like the first guy on the neighborhood to have a VHS, you know. A, oh, a yeah. Yeah. And was it, uh, it was an actual VHS. It was actual. I believe it was actually, but it was the one with the pop the and he closed it down. Oh, yeah. oh, I remember those. Yeah, I remember those. I was like, this is this is weird and exciting. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, dude, you watch like, VT. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Exactly. I was, brief note: I was scared of VT as well. So wow, yeah. <laughs> ET was not a darling for me. <laughs> yeah, this will. Well, now you've you know, all throughout the years, I still think that this movie's gonna gonna be very scary. I, I think you should watch it though, especially as a movie guy, because it is well-made movie. Uh, and it's one of the greatest horror movies ever made, perhaps. Okay. But it's terrifying. And I was forced to watch as a kid. And um, I can't even like see images of that girl's face. Yeah, <laughs> well, face splits. Yeah. It will resort me back to uh it'll bring it'll me back. Yeah. It's like like I said, when I watched The Shining, like I had my I had my little sister watch The Shining when she was 12 years old because she said that oh I love scary movies. I'm like the move the scary movies that you like aren't really scary. Like it's a whole bunch of CG stuff. Right, I said right. this movie from like 1980. Watch it, and she she watched it and like to this day she's afraid of twins. <laughs> she, will, she will not like. She was watching Lovecraft Country, <laughs> and they had a scene where there was twins, and, and she's like no. I can't. She she like for a week she kept telling me like you messed me up because of the shining. Red rum, red rum. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was I creepy. Still, I still haven't watched Doctor Sleep, which is supposed to be the sequel. Yeah, I want to see that too. I haven't watched it yet either. Yeah, it's on HBO. I just I just I don't know. Like I feel like it's going to disappoint me. That's what I feel too because that's why I, I didn't run to watch it yet because uh, uh, some of the reviews and and the hype wasn't there and the reviews right. weren't great so right. i was just like ah, i don't know if i want to watch it to to kind of disappoint me you know so it was the and same so like we could have got this in the 90s and been cool about it yeah exactly yeah to <laughs> like, wait this it, long 
Yeah, there was a lot of Stephen King movies that sucked in the 90s. And like, we just like, we keep giving this guy movies like every <laughs> and nobody says it. That's what that's my problem. Like, there's so many people who are so mediocre and we never say anything about that. But you want to go and attack Eddie and that's me pivoting to uh, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> but it's like there's so many like uh, like for every it, for every shining, for every uh, what's another good Stephen King thing? Um, well, he had the Shawshank Redemption was great. Shawshank Redemption, Stand By Me, I think was Stand Steve. By Me was him. Yeah. So like so he, for every one of those, you have a thinner. Right. <laughs> yeah. You have the uh, what's the, that movie with uh, Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey? Oh, The Dark, the Dark Tower. Tower. Yeah. yeah. Great so books, for, but bad movie. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. We don't we don't talk about those things. The Doctor Sleeps. The like. There's so many things that are like it. If you look at it, it equals itself out. Like it kind of cancels. I won't say it goes over or under, but like it's kind of it makes you into a normal person. Right. <laughs> and we keep these people on pedestals, and I don't understand why. And and the thing with with Stephen King too is he puts out like a book every month or something. Like you know he, he's he's and you wonder is this guy writing all these himself or is he just putting out a synopsis and having a team write these things or because you know that know. that's been he's kind a, of like, individual. Yeah, he's a he's a sick individual. Um, <laughs> no, he is because like borderline borderline like has a problem with race, um, like sexual things with children. Wow, like there's there's a lot of stuff. Like if you read if you read it, like yeah, it, yeah, it, it takes place in the fifties. So he's he's a child of like the forties and fifties. So like again, then like if if there were no black people in your town, you're going to say something racist, like nine times out of 10, like that's your thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, you didn't know tolerance back then. So he writes like he's in the fifties. Like there's so many weird uh, sayings and like, especially in the shining when they, when cat, when they're talking about Catman Stevens and like, he's saying the, that, that N would cook. And I'm like, I'm like, why was it in the movie? Like that makes no sense, but I, I get it. Right. Yeah. I understand. You know, it's you, product you, of time. Product of the time. Yeah. I mean, it, it's weird, man. Like with guy like Stephen King, because some of his characters are so messed up, and you wonder how much of that is in the writer yeah. himself or yeah. in the character he's developing. So, so if like, if you were to write a character, let's say you you know you're writing a story about a character, and it's about. Right. And you decide that one of your characters is going to be a child molester or whatever. And then you start writing details of what that character saying or thinking. Then people might say, oh, is that Nigel's real thoughts? You know, so oh, it's, it's I, like blurry. if it's a one off, I get it. But if it's like multiple times, like, you know, like, for instance, Quentin Tarantino always shoots feet in his movies. Like there's always like a bottom of a foot in a movie. And it just makes you wonder, like, hey, what's his... What's his deal with feet? He digs them. Yeah, he's like he's got a foot fetish, perhaps. Like, yeah. That's one thing. That, yeah. It's not just one thing. Like you can't just make these things up with one thing. Right, it, right. It has to be constant. Like, it, like a good three, four, but like every Quentin Tarantino movie you watch. Like I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and there was nothing but feet, dirty feet the whole time. <laughs> and like they're in the camera with the fisheye lens, like so you can really see like the. <laughs> The scales in the, yeah. <laughs> the uh, uh, that's great. Um, so, so your favorite horror movie is The Shining. 
The Shining. Second to that is um, Nightmare on Elm Street. I I find something scary about somebody killing you in your dreams, and it makes me cringe every single time when I think it. Like, I was scared of it when I was a kid because everybody during Halloween they had those like those Freddy Krueger fingers and like they would dress like it, like it would scare. Like I wouldn't want to go trick or treating at all. <laughs> I, I, I would just stop. Like I would just stop. Like why are you walking around like this killer dude that comes to me in my dreams? I think that's the scariest thing in the world. That's great. Uh, um, so those are your, your two. Um, yeah, all right. That's a, that's a good two pick. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I think those are two honorable uh, horror. For someone who doesn't like watch horror, like. <laughs> hey, man, I don't want, like I said, I, I, I can't watch these modern day horror films that these kids are not watching. Good. Yeah, they're, they're not, not good. good. And they're, they're just um, creepy. Like, remember the Saw yeah. All those Saw movies. I never saw the Saw. I never saw Saw. Yeah, I saw one of them. Well, one time I went to the movies with some friends and that was it. It just, it's not even scary, really. It's just violent and just like yeah. brutal. And, um, you know, if you're a masochist, maybe you'll dig those type of movies. Watching somebody get their like eyelids cut off and things yeah, like that. I think that's what it, I think. And again, some things are just for the times. Like remember Blair Witch Project and how big the Blair Witch Project was and Oh, we didn't know if it was real or not. Yeah. <laughs> like, you watch it, and it's just shaky camera footage the it, whole time. It's, it's boring. Like, it's very yeah. boring. It was. I was bored watching it because I remember the hype, and everybody's like, "Oh, people are running out, throwing up." Yeah, they're throwing up because of the motion of the movies constantly. You know, exactly. And that's so when hype like really carries a movie more to what they what it really is. And if you watch, if you take a movie outside of the hype. Is it still great? Is it still like, you know, when you when you have your kids, right? Or your grandkids now. So you know, I have one granddaughter now. Yeah, one granddaughter, which I think is awesome. Thanks. Um, man. but um, like for you to like have your kids, hey, watch this movie. Like I used to love when I grow up, and they like, like, what is this? Like, I don't understand. Your nostalgia is telling you, hey, uh, this is a great movie, you should watch it. And like they're like, It's not that great, Dad. Like, let's, <laughs> let's watch spy kids. Right. <laughs> And uh, let's watch holes. You ever see yeah. holes? Let's watch holes. I'm like, I remember people telling me you should watch holes. I'm like, this is just a Goonies ripoff. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, what do I say? Oh, about nostalgia and about movies holding the test of time. Uh, there's two movies I do want to ask you about. Oh, yeah. um, one is about um, The Wizard of Oz. Would you consider that a horror movie for its time? Or, or uh, because it stands the test of time, it's like over 80 years old, and, and like generations after generations have seen this movie and uh, enjoyed the movie and loved it. Okay. Um, but what would you say that movie is? Is it a uh, um, I would have to say that. See, here's the thing about Wizard of Oz I watched it probably once. <laughs> like i i it didn't really like when it used to come on tv a lot i remember really, like every year oh the wizard of oz yeah like, every easter i think it was yeah like it didn't really do much for me like my sister was terrified my sister was terrified of the witch yeah but, like it never really like it never really held my attention now charlie charlie uh um no um what's it called the chocolate factory movie yeah willy wonka willy charlie wonka, yeah. yeah willy wonka and the chocolate fact that movie is scary now that movie, you got a whole bunch of orange little men like killing kids. They killed those. Those kids never came. Back. Never. They never like. There wasn't anything where the kids are like just wing. Like you never saw a uh, Veruca Salt like in a whole bunch of 
Like, you never saw the blueberry girl get rolled out. After yeah, you, you don't see them afterwards. They just gone. They die. And and Gene Wilder is taking you on this trippy acid trip, like through this like this weird like ride where like oh, like you see crazy bugs and like <laughs> that movie would make me nervous. Like I had dreams for a good three. I watched it when I was in third grade, and I was like, "Yo, this movie is scary." Like, why do people like this? That's great. Yeah, and that's another one that that kind of holds up. People still watch. Uh, I think it's called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Willy Wonka. I forget. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. People still watch it. I prefer the the uh, the original over the remake that with Johnny Depp. Same. But uh, but it's just not it's not the same. But there's also been another movie that um, has created a little bit of controversy. Oh. <laughs> and I that is like three times already. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that is uh, the wonderful um, uh, classic Ghostbusters. Um, and and you had a question that you put out there: whether or not Ghostbusters was a comedy yep. or a thriller. I guess right. Not really a thriller, but like, is it is it a comedy? Like when we go to Ghostbusters, is it is the first thing we're looking for a comedy? Because it's not overly funny. Like, like it's our nostalgia to saying, oh, this is the greatest movie. Like it's it's one of those, it's one of those original blockbusters. Yeah, it's one of those yeah. movies that has all the special effects. And it's one of those movies that resonates with everyone as a kid. Cause I wanted a proton pack. Like I wanted like <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't have it over here. Oh no, I don't have it. But I have like a whole bunch of Ghostbusters paraphernalia. Oh, Actually, nice. One second. So I, I own this. Oh, wow. Awesome. <laughs> you know, like, That's awesome. So I had to pose the question. I'm like, listen, um, if we were to go to the movie, like go to like a blockbuster or like a rental place or whatever, and we had a whole bunch of comedies to choose from, take your nostalgia aside, right? You're in a need for a laugh. Are you picking Ghostbusters first? <laughs> no, I think... I, I understand what you're saying, and here's here's how I would re- say Ghostbusters is in the similar vein to Goonies. Uh, what you said, it's kind of an, an adventure, but uh, almost tongue in cheek, um, in, in a sense where you do suspend reality. Like so, so it's it's an adventure movie that's a little bit silly and and uh, has comedic moments. Is it a straight up comedy? I wouldn't. I think it's a comedy because you got Bill Murray, but I wouldn't label I it a comedy. That's why, I think that's why we think it's a comedy because Bill Murray is in it. I think if you took Bill Murray out, is it still a comedy? I don't think so. I think this is Bill Murray's vehicle. But if you look at it, like when I watch the Avengers movies, there's funny stuff happening in the movie. Do I think it's a comedy? No. Right. You know, and I think we make that problem with anybody who's a comedic actor and they, they're put in a role. So like, for instance, Robin Williams is a comedic actor. But when he's in Good Morning Vietnam or he's in Goodwill Hunting, we're not saying, oh, this is a comedy. He's just a funny guy in a drama. I think what Goodwill Hunting is definitely all drama. But if you look at Good Morning Vietnam, I think you kind of almost run into that same. It's a drama. Well, is there such a thing as dramedy? Is there that is a word? A, there is a such thing as dramedy, but I don't think it's classified as that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Same thing uh, with Hook. Same thing with... um. Um, Hook is a good example. That is more in line with Ghostbusters, I think. Like that right. kind of if the, if there's Hunt. a, yeah, where Hunt. it's 
Jumanji is another good example where, yeah, these are action movies that are, are comedy driven to some extent, but I wouldn't label them comedies either. Right. Back to the Future is another one. Like I like these are movies that we we're not sure exactly what they are. And sometimes when we're not sure exactly what they are, we label them as, oh, this has to be a comedy. And the whole reason I, I pose this question is because I'm doing an episode for Halloween for Vampire in Brooklyn. And it's a movie that's directed by Wes Craven, but has Eddie Murphy as, as a vampire, as a villain, by the way, and he's not the lead character. So like, it's two different styles. And like, it's, it's very experimental, but it's also like, you see that the styles don't really mesh well, but the, when they do mesh well, it, it works. And that's the only reason why I posed the question. And a lot of people were mad because they thought I hated Ghostbusters. Um, <laughs> I you never said that. get defensive about that Ghostbusters. Yeah, I, just, huh? I just said Ghostbusters ain't funny. And what I mean by like, and that's like, to me, that's a black thing. Like, like, it's like when we say something ain't funny, it's, it's mildly funny, but it's not overly hilarious. Yeah, like, I, I don't remember belly laughing watching Ghostbusters, even when I was a kid and I saw it. I remember being more um, scared at moments. Like, you remember right. in the library in the beginning yeah. when you see that first ghost? The dogs used to scare me. Yeah, the, yeah, those ghost uh, dog, dogs. Um, even up when they're on top of the building, Rick Moranis and um, what's-her-face, uh, the actress, they're on top of the – and they're, like, you know, uh, summonsing the demons. Right. It was it was th those parts were scary and then it was action. And yeah. um, but I don't remember ever. Belly I mean, there's funny moments like when he slimed them and moments. Yeah. But yeah. But now that you like really bring it to light and make me kind of analyze it more. There wasn't a lot of I'm laughing so hard. I'm crying like 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 the hangover movies or right. something like that. Um, so, yeah. So I see your point. I, I think you I don't know. Are they labeled comedies? Like if you look it up on a, it is for a lot of people, they put Ghostbusters as one of the top 10 comedies, top 10, top 20. And, and movies like coming to America, never get named movies. Like, um, you know, there's a lot of movies that never get named, but Ghostbusters is always on the list, mostly because people view it as with Bill Murray. And I have my critiques on Bill Murray as well, but that's, I'll leave that for another day. Cause I, I already got the Ghostbusters hate. I don't want right. like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. To me, Ghostbusters, I would say is more of a, a an action film, a fun action film. It's fun. Right. I think there's a difference between fun and comedy. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like I said, back to the future is in the same vein as Ghostbusters. Yep. Back to the Future isn't overly hilarious, but it's an entertaining movie. Right. Same thing Ghostbusters, it's an entertaining movie. Like we're entertained by this movie. And I think what happens is like we confuse it because there is a comedic actor in, in the role. And, and I think, yeah, yeah and, and like I said, I think it's because there's a comedic actor in the role. There are right. funny moments, there are jokes in there. Right. And, but I think, I think I would, you know, we have to come up with a new category for these. I, I think it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Like, here, here's an example, right? So, you know who Sasha Baron Cohen is, right? Yes. Okay, Borat. You know, for Borat. I just watched Borat, too, by the way. It's uh, it's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> but, like, if I just watched another movie with Sasha Baron Cohen called The Trial of the Chicago Seven, 
the whole movie, I never knew it was him. And he played it so well that like, if I knew that it was him, I would have been watching it to see if, is he going to make me laugh? Right, right, yeah. And that's the problem, and, and pivoting back to Eddie, that's the problem with a movie like Metro, right? When Metro came out, people, the critique of Metro was, it's not funny. And the movie was never supposed to be funny. It was Eddie trying to be dramatic, like, like when Bill Murray does drama or Steve Martin does drama or even when Robin Williams does drama or action even, you know, like because Eddie's Eddie, you're like, oh, it has to be a comedy. And oh, it's not that funny. That doesn't mean it, that doesn't mean that the movie's not good. And I think that that's the issue. My, my main issue is the critics and what people label stuff as. Yeah, because when, when you when you're um, an icon in, in comedy or you make all your movies up until a certain point have been successful comedies. And now you've decided as the actor, in this case, Eddie Murphy yeah. to say, Hey, you know what? I want to show some range. Right. So now it's hard for the audience to get on board that. So it takes a couple to me, a couple of times before right. people accept Eddie in a dramatic role. So I think Eddie had a couple of, of um, Metro type movies. Right. Right. And then he finally, was accepted, I would say, by the time he did um, Mean um, the Mean Girls. Um, <laughs> which one? Dolomite. Don't, well, Dolomite. I think he was. Like, I think the one before that, when he did the musical, what was that called again? Oh, Dream Girls. Dream Girls. Yeah. I think that's when people really accepted Eddie Murphy outside of comedy, and said, oh, "This guy is a tremendous actor as well." And then by the time he did Dolomite, which was right. years later. But how to like think about how long that takes, you know what I mean? Like how, how long that takes for people to get that out of their mind. I think what happens is when we come out the gate and we're hitting like crazy, like, and then we're not hitting as much as we used to. Like we really grade people really, really low, but it's only certain people that we do that for. It's kind of like with Michael Jordan. Like when Michael Jordan was winning championships, we were like, oh man, this guy is great. This guy's phenomenal. But no one ever talks about that year where he came back to, to basketball or those last couple of years where he went to the Wizards. Yeah, right, yeah. You were no one ever factors that in. Like they factor in the great parts, but they don't factor in. And that's my that's my issue. When it comes to comedy, I think we're we're so in the now and in the moment that when we're away from the moment, we we don't want anything to do with it. Like I have friends who are big Dane Cook fans when Dane Cook was big. Right, right, right. right. So now you speak to them about Dane Cook, they're like, oh, that guy, oh, I don't like him. He doesn't, he he fell off, he's washed up, he's this or that. If he's great, he's great. If he was great in the moment, it's great for you. Right, exactly. And and it is, you know, you, you do tend to remember people especially athletes, uh, but even any successful person, you, you, you tend to remember them for their greatness um, and, they, and their great moments rather than when they start to phase out. Like in sports, you see it more often because there is a cap on that. Right. You, you right. age out. You just can't keep up anymore. With acting, I think, or comedy, there's always a place for you, no matter how old you get or uh, if, you know, whatever turns you make in life because it's just a different animal than sports. But um, we always do tend to, to uh, even if somebody like Dan Cook falls off or whatever, he's not because right. um, Dan Cook appealed to a certain generation at a certain time, uh, right. kind of like Adam Sandler. Right. And then exactly. what, what happens is those that group of people, that audience grows up yeah. and, and they they're not interested in that anymore. But 
so those types of people have a problem continuing from generation to generation to generation. Um, Dane tried. I think Sandler tried to keep Sandler, to Sandler's still trying. Yeah, to keep up with that next generation and to try Sorry to the people who are friends with them. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, so those kind of guys, when, when you're a flash, when, uh, not a flash in the pan, but when you're hot yeah. almost overnight, like Dane Cook. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to keep that fire going when when your fan base grows up and and evolves, you know, and you don't evolve with it. You're still Dane Cook from 20 years ago. Or when you just like have fans that are younger and discover you young and then expect you to be that same guy. Like people still expect Eddie Murphy to be Axel Foley at 60 years old. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You can't you can't like nobody wants to see a 60 year old Axel Foley. (laughs) <laughs> he pulls it off in the cartoon like if he did the shreks he could yeah. still do it like he could still you know be that guy but to be that so guy now that, right? you know what? why he started doing cartoons right why because he was he was supposed to be in who framed roger rabbit and they um what ended up happening was he he didn't do it and he saw the movie make a whole bunch of money so when he had the opportunity to do a cartoon again he said yes. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Shrek stands the Texas test of time. There's been like four of them, I think, and uh, it's a great franchise, huh? I've only seen two. Yeah, I've I because I have kids. Had you know, I've seen them all. Um, the first two are probably the better ones. The first one is a classic, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, guys like that, like Eddie Murphy, evolved and uh, has welcomed different audiences and different generations of people started to admire him um so so i think in the long game eddie's winning (laughs) i think so i mean the reason why i started this podcast is because i know that for a lot of people they don't know or really eddie didn't really resonate with a lot of people some people that did some people didn't and you have people of all different ages like for me a person like steve martin person like bill murray they never really uh resonated with me and um, I I saw the appeal. Like I get why they are who they are. Like I've met Bill Murray. He's a, he's a decent person. Like I've seen I've seen uh, Groundhog Day. I love Groundhog Day. But classic. Uh, yeah. I you know I don't get the I don't get the uh, charm to it. Like for people to say, oh, Stripes is hilarious. And then I'm no disrespect to Stripes. <laughs> or, you know, but like I I don't. I, I get what you're saying and I like the movie, but I don't really like, I don't get it. If you were to pair him against the guy that I hold dear, Eddie Murphy, I don't see it the same. Right. Right. You know, and that's the thing. The thing with stripes is weird is when I watched it as a kid, I was all about Bill Murray and I loved the movie and I was, I watched it recently. It was on mm. like, I would say the last few months. Yep. And I'm uh, I'm having I'm on the drill sergeant side half the time. I'm like, damn, <laughs> these guys are such assholes to this drill sergeant. Yeah. And, you know, he's just trying to teach them. Uh, yeah. You know, it's weird how my point of view had changed in in uh, yeah. 20, 30 years or whatever since I seen it last. Right. But did um, you feel did now? Do you feel that the nostalgia made you laugh? at it because it, it brings you back to a time or do you feel like all in all so it's a really funny movie i think overall that's a tough question actually because <laughs> the nostalgia is always gonna 
nostalgia always does it for you. Yeah, the nostalgia. Um, but then I do when I watch a lot of these older movies, and sometimes I avoid them because, like I said, I like to keep them just keep them in my memory. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because then it ruins it. Like now, stripes. I'm like, damn, what? Are, those guys were assholes to that sergeant. <laughs> but, they were. I, I, th- I think it's really tame. I think they were really tame toward him. Like it could have been worse. Yeah, yeah. So they could have. They could have done something different. Yeah, I, and then it's two different movies in a way. Because then all of a sudden they go into the battle scene and they're in that RV driving around and all that. So it's it's kind of like um, a, a really comedic version of uh, a full metal jacket (laughs) 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 but uh but yeah so um you know that's it's it's weird when you watch a movie for nostalgia's sake because i i even watch older movies like you know movies back but way you know in the 40s and 50s like if i was to watch animal crackers or something which is march brothers you could still find the funny in those. You could still, you could still see find the funny, but you're 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 gonna spend most of the time saying, "Okay, I, I see how they could have found this funny at the time." Right, because we've evolved so much. So like Groucho Marx paved the way for you know, like you say, like Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny paved the way for you know this guy. You know, Robin Williams. You know, was inspired by Groucho Marx or whatever. And then, right. but so you're basically going back into to the source. Right. So the jokes are gonna be old and cliche and yeah you're gonna be like this is where they got this from right and you know i feel the same way with animal house but i digress right (laughs) 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 yeah because like you know groucho saying um the other day i shot an elephant in my pajamas what he was wearing my pajamas i'll never know (laughs) 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 but they're all (laughs) old school jokes but they hold up uh, and but you could also see the cleverness behind it. And then you also say right. for that time, you know, and, and all those types of things. Um, You're going to have people hating me like he already he doesn't like stripes. He doesn't <laughs> like Animal House. How could you not like Animal House? Um, the only funny person in there is John Belushi. And he hardly talks. <laughs> A- Animal House. Is, <laughs> to, to me, is, is a great, uh, hilarious uh, comedy. But again, I, I'm speaking from nostalgia. I saw that movie when I was a, a, a tween, like maybe 12, 13 years old. I saw it on Channel 11. And I, like I said, I don't dislike the movie. Like, I feel like the movie is good. But I feel if you remember that time, you know, for yourself, like it's it's going to bring you back to that time and that age. Like, you got to think about all the other movies they made that are Animal House-esque, like your your porkies oh yeah all those your, your revenge of the nerds your old school that movie that movie was the first of that genre of yes. that kind of sex romp teen right. uh comedies uh dirty comedies and that did pave the way for all those it paved the way for all and i would never discredit that like that's where they got it from yeah but i feel that our nostalgia and our love for things like it it builds things to be so high and we still hold these movies up to be so high. But if we're if we're comparing them between movies that are made now and movies that are made back then, and we have a top 20 greatest comedies of all time, like how do they hold up? Like how right. are we measuring comedy? That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying like we all can hate a movie, we all can love a movie, but how are we like in the consensus? Like we're not gonna all agree that this is the best movie or this is the like 
right, we have to right. look at it differently. That's all I'm that's all I'm saying, you know. True indeed. True indeed. And and look, man, I I, I love that you're into movies and that you're doing uh, you know the podcast on about Eddie Murphy, but you also do another podcast about movies. Yeah, yeah, the, the jump, jump cut. Yeah, yeah. But so you're you're really focusing on films and, and you're um bringing I, light to a lot of movies that uh your audience might not have seen or heard of. Yeah. So, so I think that's really cool. Um and and uh you know what else want... are film majors gonna talk about, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, isn't this like the two people that argue the most are film majors and comedians? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> true indeed. You know? And that's the beauty of it. We all have different takes, different perspectives on right. on 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 what we think things should be, or what we what is good and what's not good. We all, you know, and and uh, it's a beautiful thing. But um, to close this out and getting back to the Halloween movies um, <laughs> and and uh, your take on it. so right now we're saying that Ghostbusters mm-hmm. is not a comedy. It's more of a how would you describe Ghostbusters? Uh, is it a Halloween movie? It, I don't. I wouldn't even put it as a Halloween movie because you could watch it all year round. Um, Ghostbusters, to me, and let me just look at what back to they describe Back to the Future as. They describe Back to the Future as a. Hold on. It's a sci-fi. They call it. Oh, oh, this is hilarious. They changed it. They changed it for, for, for Back to the Future. This is funny. <laughs> they have Back to the Future as an, a, a science fiction film. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I never think sci-fi, even though it is sci-fi, you're going back yeah. in time. And I never look at that movie as a sci-fi movie. What I found it funny when I was looking at the Jumanji's, because, you know, now, now there's more than one, right? Yeah, yeah. So Jumanji is a fantasy adventure film. Right, the original Jumanji, classified as a fantasy adventure film. When I go to the newer Jumanji, it is a fantasy adventure comedy film. <laughs> what changed? I don't know. They put more jokes in the movie. I guess, yeah. It's it, like you're talking about the original with Robin Williams versus the, the, the new kind of series now. Yep. And they're calling the newer ones comedies. They're calling the new ones comedies, and what Robin Williams was doing is just a fantasy adventure film. <laughs> That's what I'm. But that this is the point that I'm I'm putting like to to people. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying like this is from Wikipedia. I'm getting this from Wikipedia. I'm not getting it from like iTunes or whatever because classification right. differs wherever whatever media platform you're on. But it says that Jumanji, which is similar to Ghostbusters, is a is a uh, fantasy adventure film. And I'm not saying that it's I'm not saying that Ghostbusters is de- definitely not a comedy, but if we hybrid like made it a hybrid, say it's a science fiction comedy or maybe it's like whatever. Or hor- it's not a horror comedy, but like if we made something to give it to get it out of just the, the genre of comedy, I think the movie would shine more. I think like if you were going to say, oh, out of all the science fiction comedies, Ghostbusters is number one. Right, right. <laughs> There you go. I see what you're saying. So if you change the classification, it could be number one of its cl- head of its class rather exactly. than as a comedy. So it's rated as a top 10 in comedies, but it could be a top number one in sci-fi adventures. It, it could. Yeah, it, it could. I mean, like it's a disservice to the movie itself to keep it in just comedy. 
Right. Now, before I, I, uh, I let you go here, Nigel, okay. do you have a, a quote from Ghostbusters that you could share with us? <laughs> well, people have given me many quotes <laughs> because I refuse to watch the movie now. You guys have ruined my love for the movie. <laughs> but uh, as, as Bill Murray would say, yes, this man has no dick. <laughs> very good <laughs> very good uh nigel fullerton thanks again um uh for for taking the time to talk uh, halloween movies with us man this has been a blast yeah definitely uh i didn't even get to talk about my my, my childhood uh <laughs> yeah. growing up trick-or-treating and loving the trick-or-treating i didn't i didn't i didn't like trick-or-treating growing up it wasn't my thing so did you ever trick-or-treat I did. I did. Um, for the most part, for the most part, you know, there was like that whole scary thing of like, there's, there's razor blades and apples. Right. And, right. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to get candy from somebody you didn't know. So like, um, I, my mother used to take me to the church to have like go to Halloween stuff. And like, that's where I would get my candy from. Like it was never like going door to door to people's houses. Cause that's crazy. If you think about going to door to door to people's houses in the, in the eighties, <laughs> <laughs> like it's like it was like the last time I remember actually trick-or-treating was 1992 and I I went trick-or-treating and I was by myself like I was with my friends and we went trick-or-treating I was a little older but I I was just like this is strange like <laughs> it is so, weird if you think about it yeah Not, go door to door dressed up in a costume and uh, I had a Batman mask on and street clothes. Like I didn't have the full costume. <laughs> you know, like I just had the mask and maybe a cape, maybe yeah. a cape. Yeah. So I looked like I was going to rob them as a superhero. <laughs> I mean, now we can wear masks and it's cool. But like when I was growing up, you couldn't wear a mask in the store. You would get like you know, yeah, they would follow you. Yeah, they kick you out or they yeah. tell you. Yeah. Now you have to wear masks. Oh man, the irony. The irony of it. The irony, all. man. I got I got accosted at CVS for just wearing a blue rag. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is gang affiliated. Like, what, what's going on? Uh, yeah, it's crazy times, my friend. Yeah. Crazy times. But uh, but hey, you should just try it this year. Just go trick-or-treating now. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you'll be welcomed with open arms when uh you know just I can just buy the candy now. I don't, <laughs> I don't need to do this. Should should Halloween be canceled? Um, I don't think it should be canceled, but I don't want anybody knocking on my door. Like I was always, I was always the guy that like turned off all the lights and like, you know, just put a sign on the door and like, Hey, there's no candy here. Yeah. 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 I, I can't, I don't like trick or treats coming to my house either. Well, yo, you know what? One Halloween, somebody knocked on my door and told me there was a dead body like across the street. And I was like, okay, let me go find this out. So I go over, across, I live near a firehouse and I go over to the firehouse and see this man and he has flour all over him. And I had already called the cops to tell them, hey, there's this dead body over there. You guys might want to come, come over and find him. And I look, it's just a drunk Mexican with flour on his face. Like they had egged him and- uh, Oh my God. Floured him and he's, <laughs> and they're like, hey pal, hey pal, he's not dead. Hey pal. Get up. <laughs> oh, man, you got to love it, dude. You got to love it. Well, uh, Nigel, you're an awesome dude. We could talk for hours, man. We yeah. got to. I definitely want to get you back on again. Uh, oh, hopefully we set this up and we get you next week. Make some pretzels. I'll, I'll be your Patrice. I don't mind. 
You're no, hey, I'll be I'll be your Patrice. Dude, you would be the uh a great Patrice. Yeah. And uh right. yeah. He didn't like me, but well that's a that's a whole nother story for another day. <laughs> he didn't like a lot of people. Open micer? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a, an angry guy, man. Yeah, he was I would walk away from him every time he was in the building. Yeah. I, he I was intimidating because you know he's not was even intimidating. Like I watched him beat up my friends verbally. Yeah. And I, I, I just did not like as a person starting out in comedy, you do not want your idol to talk anything to you that's negative. Yeah, yeah. So I stayed away from him. You know? I, I would do this. I would be like he was that guy, man. And and he, he the best thing about him, yeah, he was that. I seen him live a few times. I never met him or was around him. No, I was around him. Yeah, I, I would see him. I, you know, <laughs> I think I think the week that he had the stroke, like right before he passed, because I think he passed after the stroke. But the week that he had the stroke, I went to one of his friends, uh, Harris Stanton, and I saw him at Eastville Comedy Club, and I said, um, you know, uh, is Patrice okay? Is he all right? You know, tell him that you know. Young Patrice, or little Patrice, they used to call me. Huh. Uh, said, uh, you know, what's up? And right, right. Well, soon. So sad thing to say. Like, you know, I think a week later he had he had passed on. But yeah, uh, it yeah. Was, I, it was, I'm a big fan of him. I just, you know, I because I have a gap and I'm fat. Like people assume <laughs> that I'm gonna. Be Patrice. Yeah, uh, Patrice was a, a brilliant comedian, very fast and sharp, and. Um, uh, but he has a, a story. He told it. I can never find it again. I heard it once. I was like, on, I don't know if it was Opie and Anthony or it was one show, but he was talking about how he's blows it every time he has an opportunity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And how. Yeah. Remember, he had that show uh, that it was like Tosh.0, but before Tosh.0, he had right. that show. He had it. Yeah. He had an online web series. Yeah. Um, on Comedy Central. Uh and, I don't know if it was on. Oh, yeah. He had web junk. Web yeah. Junk. Yes. On, and it was basically yes. and he did it for a little while, but he thought it was stupid. He goes, this is stupid, man. Who's and he treated everybody like shit. He admitted it. He said he treated the he, he argued with the producer all the time. And then he finally quit the show. And then he watched Tosh take it and make it a juggernaut, especially yeah. then. I think it's still in the air now, but back then. And he said, man, I blew it. He he I mean, a lot of comedians have um, big egos. And he's one of he's one of them that at least to shoot himself in the foot, because if you think about it, like I was introduced to him through um, Tough Crowd. Right. Yeah. yeah Tough Crowd. I know I love this that show. Guy, that's, that's when I became a fan of him um, being just a young African-American guy on there who kind of looks like me. I was like I was drawn to say, oh, Patrice is the guy and watching him do his like stand up specials and, and whatever. And. Um, and then meeting him, you know, and just to be like, yeah, yeah, you don't want to meet your idols. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like he like a lot of people don't know he was in um, 25th Hour with us, uh, Spike Lee, Ed, Ed Norton. Uh, a lot of people don't know that he used to write for the WWE Network. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, like he used to write all that like stuff for like DX, like all like the little jokes and stuff like that. Like he used to write that. Like a lot of people don't know that he was one of the first people to have a web series. And they have direct-to-consumer content. Oh wow! Before it got big, like before it got big, like I think he was doing that around 2008, 2007, when it was very new to have that. Wow! And 
listen, who knows where he would be like if he didn't shoot him. So like even Chris Rock has said like all the times that he's tried to get Patrice O'Neal stuff and you know, he couldn't like Patrice was the funniest guy in the room, no matter where you went. Like there's yeah. a, there's a video from tw- 2009, 2008. It's Patrice O'Neal, Keith Robinson and Kevin Hart. And Kevin Hart is saying how, how great Patrice O'Neal is. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like to think about that, like the megastar that Kevin Hart became and turned into after post like 2009 to be talking about this guy that, everybody didn't really find out about until after he died. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing. He used to bully the shit out of like, you know, comedically bully the shit out of Kevin Hart. Like he, he, would... he comedically bullied, like he bullied everybody. Yeah. That was part of his charm. Yeah. Right. That if was you, part of his charm. Yeah. Like, like I said, I, I was super thin skinned, so I'm not going to go around somebody just to get roasted. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not, yeah no, not I, I'm with you on that. And That's I know it. I'm not going to win. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, like I said, I, was, I used to see him at Laugh Lounge. I used to see him at Caroline's. I'd walk away. But the craziest thing about watching him work and watching him perform is that he would go into a room and he would piss off everybody off top, be so super offensive to everyone in the room. By the end of the show, he had won them all back. And that's that's like something like normally when you go into a room, you, you please everybody. And then maybe you're lucky if everybody thought the set was great at the look, he went in guns blazing, not giving a fuck, not not caring what everybody was was saying or doing or how people thought and then won them back at the end. Yeah. And that, that's what we call true artistry. That's what we call like somebody who's a master at their craft. To True be indeed. That, and that's what a lot of people don't know how to do nowadays. When when you could challenge the audience, and uh, insult the audience, and then, like you said, uh, s- still at the end of the show, get a standing O because yeah. they respect you and they understand the craft, and and you also won them over. That that says a lot for for him as an artist, like you said, man. So yeah, think yeah. about it. think about it. Your, your Bill Burrs, your 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 Dave Chappelle's, like the. Like Patrice is part of that ilk, especially the Bill Burr, because uh, Bill Burr and Patrice ran together. They but, were like best friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both from Boston. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, who knows where he would be? Yeah, man. It's a shame. But um, the late, great Patrice O'Neill. Um, Nigel, thank you again, my friend. Um, you rock as always. Uh, this show will be running on Wednesday, a Halloween special. Um, so I'll probably it sucks because I have on my Murphy Monday t shirt and my my camera doesn't go that far. (laughs) Well, Murphy Mondays, everybody knows to check you out on Murphy Mondays. Also, the full this full audio will be running on Spotify and all that good stuff. And then you make it as a podcast now, yeah, yeah. So that's what you do, man. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's what you do. People don't watch live shows on Facebook anymore. (laughs) So I got it. Yes, it's I got it all on multiple platforms. So it'll be uh, the full the full interview. Everything we're talking about, even this we're talking right now, will be on the Spotify. I I put the whole full raw interviews on Spotify, and then on the um, the show, the Facebook show, the YouTube show will be uh, all the Halloween stuff we talked about. Good. Cause nobody like, <laughs> you know what's bad about YouTube views versus like uh, Spotify or like you know you got to be on all platforms too. Like most people I find, uh, most of my people that listen to my podcast have Apple. 
So they use the they use the podcast app with Apple. Right, um, right. But for Android users, I use the Spotify and there's Google Podcast now. Right, right. So you want to be on the, all those platforms so people can access it. And the more more people can access it and find it easy to find. I also have a website, www.murphymondaypod.com, where if you go there, all the episodes are right there. You can listen to them. Um, I'll have video up later uh, in the year. I just know that I want you guys to listen to it. If you guys like it a lot, I'll start putting out the videos. You know what I mean? Like I have no problem doing that, but I need, I don't want to split my base. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to direct everybody and get the numbers exactly. on, on, on your podcast platforms. Exactly. Very cool. Well, Nigel, again, I appreciate it, man. And we'll see you soon. Cause we are going to do this uh, pretzel place. We're going to make it happen. We were trying. <laughs> we're going to finally make it happen, man. All right, buddy. All right, man. Thank you. Give it up for Nigel Fulton, everybody. Murphy Mondays. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, people.